Hello, and welcome to a special supplemental episode of Civil Politics. I'm host Michael Dow, and I uh, wanted to follow up on uh, the discussion we've had with uh, our, our guest tonight, uh, Mayor Nicole LaChapelle of the great city of East Hampton, my hometown. And uh, there was a particular issue that a number of people have been upset about in town, and I honestly don't really understand... Like, I, I get, in theory, why they're upset, but I don't know, I don't really understand, like, do they have a real point, or is this just sort of like a pro forma point? I'm not sure. But let's talk about it in any event. So, um, uh, uh, Nicole, you want to uh, hire a chief of staff to help you run things, and that apparently isn't explicitly authorized by the city charter, and there are issues about the way you went about the hiring process. So... Uh, number one, why do you want a chief of staff? I mean, nobody else has had one before. I mean, not you're only the third mayor, so, but still, you know, uh, why do you want a chief of staff? Like, why is that going to be something that's going to be valuable to, to that, that I, as one of your voters, is going to want to pay for, you know, on top mm-hmm. of whatever else we have in the city? And, uh, and can you sort of walk us through what the uh, problem is with the city charter, at least in your understanding of it, and how you know, you're addressing that. So, so go Um, for it. So when I uh, got elected, I walked into city hall with a fresh set of eyes. Um, The third mayor in the history of East Hampton being a city about 21 years and looked at where services um, were being provided um, and also the quality and how we can make it more efficient and consolidate. The chief of staff position came to mind after studying different city governments of all different sizes and then specifically towns and cities very close to East Hampton. Uh, The chief of staff position is similar to the captain that we have in the police department or the deputy chief where they're the second in command and have most of the information, not as much of the decision-making influence power as uh, the chief of police or or chief of fire, or mayor, um, but can give good, solid direction when more than one thing comes across a mayor's desk or across a mayor's phone at any given time. So part of the point is you don't have to be on call 24-7 to make sure that, uh, you know, that the, the proverbial trains run on t- Wait, no, that's sort of implying you're a fascist. That's a, um, but, you know, to make sure that, like, the potholes are getting filled in a timely fashion and uh, that, that the city's government is being run properly so that's a great it's a great question or comment um because (laughs) it's a something (laughs) it's a something um it's a good something because it actually allows me to qualify one of the most important parts here is that having a chief of staff with that level of information and helping me organize the things that happen in the city Mm -hmm. i am still on 24-7. That just doesn't go away for any mayor, regardless of staff. But the 24-7 that I am on, I have more up-to-date information. I can quickly delegate someone else that also has a higher level of information and get back to me or work with me so we can address many things at once. And so for my 24-7 on-ness, the usual factors of uh, lack of food or sleep or being on point are mitigated because I've got a a right-hand person. Okay. So um, uh, I've Again, this is this is me not coming into it, and some of the some of the complaints I've heard about this, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I I can't judge how how valid they they are. So, but I'm just gonna 
put them out there. So one of the things I've heard is is people sneering. It's like, well, you know, she doesn't actually know how to do the job at all. So she just wants to hire somebody to do it for her. So then she can go swanning off to Boston to do whatever, you know, in Boston. And I don't quite understand what, like, like the idea is like maybe you're supposed to be lobbying in Boston for the city or something. But um, uh, I guess the question is, um, to what extent uh, are you like looking to hire someone in part because you're like new to being a mayor and there is a learning curve? <laughs> you know, Mayor Narkowitz of Northampton was on the show like last year and I asked him about that and he said like, yeah, you know, like I've been doing it for years and there's still stuff I'm learning every day. So like learning curve to me isn't necessarily a bad thing. <clears throat> no, no, not at all. And I mean, there is a dramatic learning curve um, in being a mayor, whether you've had and I, I've talked to mayors, including Mayor Narkowitz and and also other city elected officials. And the learning curve is absolutely uh, steep. East yeah. Hampton is unique and very fortunate that our department heads are very knowledgeable and it is a team effort in City Hall as far as what we need to get done, what information the mayor needs as a chief procurement officer, but also the chief executive of implementing all of our ordinances. I get a lot of feedback and help to make the best decisions. A chief of staff does help the uh, office, the mayor's office, become more organized, more one-stop shopping for folks who are interacting with city government and need things from the office. Um, I would say that the number of tasks or responsibility that I put into my chief of staff um, job description really contained everything and anything that that has happened in city um, government in the past, including um, watching over things if I were to be in Boston, uh, lobbying for a particular bill or for, for pothole money. But or, that, or, or talking to people about uh, uh, the middle school project. Absolutely. But that's really no different than our first two mayors. Um, you know, both the the two the first two mayors did the exact same thing. You need to go to Boston. It's where the seat of our state, you know, government is. And occasionally, sure, to D.C. Um, to be hiring somebody to replace um, myself as an elected official, quite honestly, um, is is an insult, and it's a little. Um, Frustrating. I'm. I'm thinking of my very best words right now. Yeah. As a, a yes, student, indeed. We yeah. just don't want to. Yeah. No. Nope. Nope. <laughs> not those seven words. Yeah. Um, <laughs> as a student of government, undergrad, and as an attorney, mm -hmm. uh, there's a suggestion of somebody who has studied the Constitution and has great regard for it is actually going to hire somebody to replace themselves that the people elected. Is it? It's uh, makes me a little crazy to think about it and how. Um, what that just one it says not only about me as a person but that's beside the point you're in public office you as an individual cease to exist but how about the voters of east hampton so there's a small group of people out there saying hey you know she's going to hire somebody to replace herself and she's elected uh, for you know the 53 percent of the voters who voted for me what does it say to them you know what does it say to their intelligence i think it's intelligence i think it's very insulting uh Okay. <clears throat> so, um, uh, 
actually, you, and you mentioned earlier that you uh, you're working with the department heads. So have you been rearranging the the department heads? Because I heard so like I that's another thing I've heard people saying like you know she's getting rid of all the good people and and you know and is, just wants to install her own cronies. And I, I got to say, <clears throat> and this is part of something I was mentioning to you before the show. So I just like. One of the things I have observed about small-town politics, mm-hmm. which in the end, I guess, East Hampton, city though it is in name, really is, is once factions start up, once you get sort of like sides in a dispute, like, it's very easy to be like, those people don't know what they're doing, someone just wants to put in their cronies, and it's like, you know, like, it's hard for me as an outsider who's not on one of the sides to sort of actually tell, like, to what extent is this a legitimate thing, and how much of this is just like, you know, you know, our trusted, loyal confidants are, you know, much better than your, you know, cronies. You call them your trusted, loyal confidants, but your guys are cronies and ours are not. And, you know, and I, I, I don't quite know where to go with that. But so you've been rearranging some of the department heads and whatnot. So what has been your reasoning for, for doing that? Like, what have you done and, and what, why did you do it? So um, as far as rearranging department heads, mm-hmm. um, the charter... Um, actually does not give the mayor singular authority to do that. And I I haven't realigned department heads at all. But what I have done Mm -hmm. is realigned services within City Hall. For instance, collections. So there are different parts of City Hall that would collect fees or taxes. There's one collection office now that is under the finance director. um, And folks can walk in and mostly anything they have pay or do... Uh, to the city from themselves, they oh, can pay to one place. So, in other words, marriage license, dog license, yes, we're property slogan, tax. We're trying to get it all into one office, and we and we started that. Um, personnel. Well, that makes sense. Uh, so, personnel, I, I would like to see, and we're moving towards um, one-stop shopping. If you want to apply for a job, um, if you have questions about your benefits, if you're retiring, there should be one office that you can go to, whether you work in the school or the DPW, making sure that everybody gets the appropriate information about benefits, but also they can access leave as they need to or get assistance or information rather than having separate HR departments between uh, school and city or different payroll clerks. Um, to oh, is in sure. like if I want to if I wanted to teach in the East in the East Hampton school system, I would go to a school system HR department and not a town HR department. And a, a so that so yeah, obviously there can be reasons to to like have them s- split up and done differently. Absolutely, but there it sounds like there's also the potential for some real cost savings for the city. There is. There's uh, direct cost savings by just a consolidation of apartment uh, departments functions. Um, but the true cost savings is over time mm-hmm. where you're saving people's one employees time as they access benefits. But yeah. also uh, as benefits and rights afforded to those working in, in a municipal government are appropriately and correctly applied, um, you're taking a lot less of the liability and risk in uh, employing people or as an employer. And that could be expensive. You get I, that wrong. Uh, as a small business owner, yes, I, I, I'm aware that that can get complicated. And we're looking at, you know, and new things happen all the time. I mean, the pay equity. Um, That's uh, a big deal. It's a very big deal. It's very exciting. And, you know, you want to do it right. And uh, it's the beginning of, of really a new era. Yeah. And Did I you get make paid sure the same right. as the previous mayor? 
Oh, wait, no, that was Karen Kadju. So yeah, that's yeah. that's not and, a gender. And it's a, it's elected. Uh, you know, I'm an elected official, and city council sets my salary. So yeah. So um, so what was the issue um, so about the there was some kind of like it was invalid under the charter for you to try and hire the chief of staff the way you were doing it, and I know the uh, uh, former mayor Tots, Michael Totsnick was uh, uh, in vain against that, and uh, you know I I couldn't like I, I looked at the charter and I can I can see how like it sort of seems to say that yeah you have to go through the city council to get the approval but I there seemed to be like other issues and like 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 some of your supporters were like well you know Mayor Totsnick did it you know ignored the charter and he did it and so eh, eh, you know and of course the you know the other person did it so we have to you know so it's okay if we do it, it isn't necessarily a valid argument but it just so what what is the can you can you can you simplify that you know because Listeners may disagree with you, but if they at least if you could at least lay out your understanding and explanation, they at least will understand what they're disagreeing with, <laughs> which is helpful. <laughs> no, no, it is. Um, so, in short, I'm trying to. Um, yeah, no, I, no, no. Yeah, just, you I know. believe I, I do. I, I'm, I feel very confident that uh, what I proposed and posted as a position around chief of staff was allowable under charter. Okay. Um, that said. Uh, what I've the now city solicitor learned. did disagree, didn't didn't he? Or uh, he did disagree. There was an opinion. Yeah, that, so Lawyer, yeah. lawyers disagree. Um, no. That said, though, what it, the content of that letter, and specific the question that city council um, posed at the same time I did to city solicitor, right? Um, really, I mean, for me, it was a pivotal moment in my very uh, young short career of being an elected official, mm -hmm. where I had to kind of take out myself of the equation and think. Right. What is best for the city? How do we go forward? And just basically stopped the process and started looking at what I had assumed was correct because it had been done in the past and realized I have a fresh set of eyes. It's a new look at City Hall and we're just going to stop. We're here and we're going to go forward in the best intent and the best practice. And I'm reviewing all of pay plan um, and trying to iron out the best we can, um, wrinkles and consistency, and going forward where everybody on the same playing field, um, understanding what their job title is, how uh, they got to where they were, how they can get there to make sure everybody's getting proper benefits and consideration for salary. Okay. So going forward, uh, do you still, like, if you have your druthers, you're gonna, you, you're still going to hire a chief of staff? I'm going to hire support staff for well, my office. Will it be a chief of staff? Um, so the other, maybe this is the second uh, pivotal point in my uh, mm -hmm. my elected uh, my elected career. Is it depends on the budget, um, you know. So I deliver yeah, my budget. That's yeah, a thing, I guess. I, yeah. I deliver uh, my budget on Wednesday, and uh, I do look at a chief of staff position as something of the uh, discretion of the mayor. And I don't want to make it any kind of a permanent position. So the next mayor inherits the position, and I have to look at the money I have available sure. um, for support of the office. And we have exciting, really fantastic things coming out of East Hampton right now. And expertise might be needed in other places and might be needed in the mayor's office. We have to be as fluid as we can as a government, but be as stable as the residents need. Okay, so so whatever support staff you're gonna hire, mm -hmm. um, like, do the, do you have to get 
anybody approved by this? Like, if you just, like, I want to hire another secretary to work in the office, do you need to get, like, city council approval for that? Because it looked like the, the city solicitor said, if you want to hire a chief of staff, no matter how, like, no matter which way you slice it, the solicitor seemed to argue that you still need the city council to sign off on it, which doesn't seem like a crazy thing to, to want, even if it's, even if you're right and the charter doesn't require that. That's not a bad thing to like have oversight in government, but no, no, I'm all for that. I, yeah, no issue with that at all. Yeah. Um, again, it would go back to my decision very early on to make decisions around who was in my office. And when the charter talks about the mayor being able to organize her office um, the way she'd like, yeah. Um, Past practice seemed to indicate that I could do exactly what I did. Okay. Um, and there's a discussion about. Uh, whether that is true or not, that I stopped, um, and we're looking at all the pay plan positions. So tomorrow, if I want to hire a clerk or an assistant, I certainly could because they exist in our existing pay plan structure. Ah, I um, see. In other words, like there's already a slot in how you might do that. It's right. like, I can hire a clerk because we've, we've got a description got for a clerk. Yeah. Chief of staff is a new thing. So it's like, what is a chief of staff? Is it right. a fish or a fowl? Or right. Okay, got it. Now, and it's interesting in, you know, one of the a bone of contention in the, um, in the job description was that this person would be deputy mayor if I wasn't in town. Under charter, it's pretty clear. The first five days, the mayor can appoint whomever they want to be the representative of the mayor's office if I'm out of town. For five days. Uh, for five days, and that can be anyone. And in the past, it has been anyone in City Hall. Um, from oh, the it could be assistant. me. It could, well, you don't work for the city. Um, sorry. But after that wah, five wah. days, <laughs> it's very clear. Like when you hit, t- It's the president of the city council. That's right. something, I mean, that's the charter. So this idea that I'm going to hire somebody and they're going to be me when I'm, you know, traveling the world on some, you know, junket that doesn't exist nor I would ever have access to or probably not do, um, the charter doesn't allow it. It's very clear who is, you know, okay. who is the mayor in place of the mayor. It's the president of the city council. So, that's right. So, you know, you get malaria and you're laid up for right. a month. You got it. Right. Uh, the after Joe five McCoy. days, he's on call. Who? What's the name? city? Uh, the city president, city council president is Joe McCoy. Joe McCoy. So okay, he would be our mayor. Right. Yeah. And 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 yeah. if a chief of staff were hired, the chief of staff would then be reporting to Mr. McCoy as the temporary right. as the deputy Absolute. mayor. Uh, yeah, I never thought. Yes. Okay. And they would support Mr. McCoy in whatever you know he. Well, needed one from presume that. otherwise <laughs> there's problems. Yes. <laughs> okay. So. Um, Right. So uh, I think that was the major issues about the about the city charter. So I'm just trying to remember if there's anything else I should be, you know, twisting the knife about or something. Uh, I don't know. Um, I, I guess that's it. I mean, you know, because it was like, why would you want to hire the chief of staff? And I think you've, you've given, you know, your explanation for that. Uh, I don't know if our listeners are necessarily going to, you know, what they'll think about that. But at least you've laid your logic out. And I think you've explained um, your approach to the to following the city charter, even if they want to disagree with that, at least now they know what you're saying, which yeah. is something that I hadn't been able to glean clearly before. So I'm glad we could have the conversation. Well, thank you. All right. So uh, that's going to wrap up this supplemental episode of Civil Politics. Uh, thank you all for listening, and I uh, uh, hope you'll check us out Fridays at 7 p.m. on Valley Free Radio. Thank you, and so long. This show is part of the Planetside Productions Network. For more information, please visit www.planetside.pro, and thank you for listening.